Our theme for this month is quench not the spirit. Look at your neighbor and say, quench not the spirit. But fan into flame. No, you didn't say it nicely. Say it again. Quench not the spirit. But fan into flame. We're using 1 Thessalonians 5.19 that simply says, quench not the spirit, which means to extinguish the spirit, to put out like you are blowing out a candle, or to pour water over burning fire to extinguish it. So we're learning then that the Holy Spirit will try to lead us and guide us into certain activities, certain things. In this instance, in the church, which I think I will cover it more this coming Sunday, uh, it was the matter of prophecy and teaching. And during that time of worship and preaching and prophecy, Paul was saying to them, allow prophecy to happen. Don't quench it. Don't stop it. Rather guide it, but don't quench it. But we also know that in our individual lives, there are things that the Holy Spirit wants to prompt us to do, and we mustn't quench those things. Can I hear an amen? amen. Anything that will dampen passion in our spirits to call us to chill, to render us cold, lifeless in our service to God, we will regard that as quenching the spirit. Instead of quenching the spirit, in 2 Timothy 1.6, Paul encourages Timothy to stir up the gift of God in him. Look at your neighbor and say, stir it up. Yeah. Look at your other neighbor and say, stir it up. Yeah. The word stir means to kindle up, to cause to burn the gift of God. But then we shouldn't slacken in our passion. We mustn't cool off. I don't intend cooling off when it comes to the things of God. We should be getting more and more passionate, stronger and stronger, because when it comes to the things of God, even if we are cooking outside and the outer man is perishing, yet the inner man is being renewed day by day. Spiritually, we don't cooker. We become younger and younger, stronger and stronger. You know, one of the observations I made as I followed the life of people who've served God for years, it's almost like in their continued service and continued dedication to God, as they got older, they walked in a stronger anointing, a more powerful anointing. I remember when I was at Bible school, you know, we used to, at Rhema, you know, we used to watch the... The, the videos of Kenneth Hagin. Today you'd call them DVDs. And he used to, with the Rama in Tulsa, Oklahoma, they would send that cassette tape of the teaching that he had done. And we would watch the same teaching here in South Africa because it was the same Bible school. And I used to have this thing, you know, it was like, Habu, Mangim you know, It was like, <laughs> it was like, my spirit was being fed of something. It's, it's like I could try, when I came out from class, something. And I never used to understand that. I never used to understand that. Until as I was reading in the New Testament, when people made a comment about the words of Christ, they said, when he speaks, he speaks as one with authority. And his words are with power. Are you understanding what I'm saying, Bazaar? See, the word of God has got power. Can I hear an amen, brother? So what I'm saying about you is that 
The older you get, the more you continue worshiping God, is the more capacity you have, is the weightier you are. You see, the word glory, the word glory, you know, the Bible talks about the glory of the Lord. You know, we have this treasure in earth and verse. It talks about the glory of God that's in our life. Christ in us, the hope of glory. The word glory, the word glory, the word glory, it literally means weight. We as Africans, we are not wrong. We are not wrong. When we go somewhere, something, we're not wrong. I may not, okay, I may not do it, but I see wrong. Anyhow, I'm just saying. I'm just saying. There is a certain weight that you carry. That word weight, glory, it goes hand in hand with respect. If you read what God said about the children of Israel in Deuteronomy 28, he said, he said, and all nations will be afraid of you. It's not a fear of terror. It's a fear, Yahur Unes Tunes. There's something about you, Mount Vela. There are things we can't do, Mount Corner. No, but we are sinned. That's the word glory. You see, in the, in the spirit world, that's what happens. That's why when, when the man of Gadara saw Jesus, the demons in him began to speak. Because he carried a certain weight. He had a certain glory about him. That demonic spirits could not stand his presence. Are you understanding me? That's why the lightweight, the sons of Sceva, when they tried to take the demons out of the man of Gadara, the demons in the man said, Jesus we know. Paul we know, Maraluna lady lightweight. So I see God increasing his weight in your life and his glory in your life. And when you study people who've worked with God, not only does that weight grow in their life, it's almost like the way they talk to God is different. It's almost like the way Unkulunkulu respond to them. Because Tina, we have to say many things. When Jesus went to the grave of Lazarus, he just stood there and groaned in the spirit. And he says, Father, I thank you that you always hear me. And then he looks at the grave and he says, Lazarus, come forth. That is the shortest prayer that he has ever prayed. Because when you have weight, you don't have too much. The results are there. I see you having weight in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. So we want to stir up the spirit. We want to have weight. We want to be carriers of glory. We want to be transporters of the power of God. We want to have inf impact in the spirit world. We want to see that we're going to remove the powers of darkness in the name of Jesus and walk in the anointing. Oh, it looks like you're not ready to walk in the anointing of God. I am. In these days in the world when evil is rising and people are giving themselves to the occult, People are operating in strange powers today. If I feel sorry for you. Because today people are blatantly going after evil powers. And they don't mind using them on you. 
May it be that when they do that, they'll find you clothed in the armor of God from head to toe. I said no weapon formed against you will prosper. No tongue will. Can I, can I hear that good amen? I can say that it will not be able to work in your life. Why? Because you've stirred up. You've stirred up. Paul says, Timothy, instead of cooling off, stir it up. Stir up the gift of God in your life. It's been imparted in your life. Timothy, I know you are young. I know you have big shoes to fill. I know you feel disqualified. I know you feel you are not the right one. But remember, God has not given you a spirit of fear, Timothy. God has given you a spirit of power, a spirit of love, a spirit of a sound mind. You have been anointed with the ability to be an evangelist. Timothy, stir up. But when the power of God is on you, it doesn't matter how old you are. When the power of God is on you, it doesn't matter what your background is. When the power of God is on you, it doesn't matter whether you are male or female. When the power of God is on you, it doesn't matter what color of skin you are. When the power of God is on you, like the prophet Samuel said to Saul, and the spirit of the Most High shall come upon you, and you will be turned into another man. Stir up the gift of God. Stir up the gift of God. Fan it into flame. Burn more. And so he compares our lives to those who are full of power. And he says, for you to be able to live at that level, you've got to live a life of discipline. We saw that last week. And when you get disciplined, like athletes do, they exercise their muscles. And so today I want to show you the spiritual muscles that we need to discipline. Or rather the spiritual muscles that we need to develop in our lives. Because God, in these areas, God will try to push you. God will try to, to prompt you to move deeper in these areas. To operate more in these areas. Why? Because when you operate more in these areas, you will be able to stand out with the power of God and operate in the fullness of God. What are these spiritual muscles that we need to develop? I'm going to talk about two of them today. But let me give you the ones that I've got quickly. We are not going to cover all of them. There is uh, six of them. The muscle of devotion to the word and prayer. The muscle of devotion to the word and prayer. The spirit of God will always try to move you in that direction. God will always try to get you to study his word more. Read it more. Live by his word. Live by prayer. I'm going to cover that one only today. But let me give you the other muscles. The muscle of consistency. See, if you are, if you are inconsistent, you'll never be a strong Christian. If You'll never go far. In the things of God. Number three, the muscle of forgiveness. If you don't walk in forgiveness, you'll never be a strong Christian. Look at your neighbor and say, Why was Sarah? Amen. <laughs> Number four, the muscle of faith. The muscle of faith. Number five, the muscle of zeal or passion. 
Number six, the muscle of integrity. So number one, the muscle of devotion to the word and prayer. Two, the muscle of consistency. What's number three? Number four? Killer and fella faith, man. in the muscle of faith. Oh. Rotastata hapetlas. All right. Number one? Number two? Number three? Number four? Number five? And number six? Let's talk about then the first one, the muscle of devotion to the word, and then we'll come to the one year prayer. We need to consistently read, study, meditate on the word of God because the word of God is of great value in our lives. Now, I have a lot of scriptures that I'm going to give to you. I won't read them. You study them at home. We need to consistently read, study, meditate, and act on the word of God. Why? Because the word of God is of great value in our lives. It has always amazed me that people want to be strong Christians, but they have no relationship with the word of God. They don't read it. They don't study it. They don't know it. They know the latest song. Even the words. But they don't know their Bible. If you say, let's turn to the book of Malachi, they don't even know where Malachi is. Look at your neighbor and say, why is your amen even less? Yeah, no, what is the story? <laughs> but Salon, I am always struck by other religions the way they are so devoted to studying their holy books that they know it. You should try to go through the Bible every year. Huh? Okay, let me make a survey here. Now that the amen Salon are for call. How many of you have ever read through the Bible once? Throughout the Bible, through the Bible, read through. Pakamisang up, 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 up. You've read through the Bible. Haiwane fella, you've read through the Bible. Not in one sitting. Maybe in one year, you read the whole Bible. Okay, put your hands down. The rest of you, can you lift your hands? You know, there's more people here who haven't read through the Bible than those who have read the Bible. So I'm just trying to show you, Bazalana, how we are not serious. <coughs> we don't read the Bible. Many, one of the things I found is that there's many people who love to come for counseling. But if they were to read their Bible, they wouldn't have to be coming for counseling. It's almost like people want to come to you to treat you like you're a magician. You just press a few buttons, prophesy over them, then their life is sorted. That's why I'm about to prophet also. Because they don't want to take responsibility for their lives. They don't want to find out the answers. They want a quick, 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 quick thing. As a minister, as a pastor, I'm being honest with you, I can tell you that many times people have pressured me to prophesy over them. <laughs> In my own life, Bazaran, I've had very few prophecies over my life. Very few. As a young Christian, it used to, I don't know how to say it in English, 
It used to handle me badly. <laughs> Until one day I was praying, and, and God said, but look at the outcome of your life. That you are not being prophesied over, has it reduced the outcomes in your life? It hasn't. It hasn't. It hasn't. So whether you're prophesied over or you're not prophesied over, it's neither here nor there. See, they're not ready prophet, okay? But you see, a lot of answers we're looking for are in the word of God. But I'm going to make it a habit. Don't ever let a day go by without reading the Bible. There's many, you know, today there are many, many programs that are there that you can download, you know, where you can read the Bible. And, and I see some of our pastors here, they read and they, be, they become my friends. So you can see how far they've read. I don't follow those a lot, but I read the Bible a lot. Oh, there's preaching, Barcelona. I mean, this whole week I've been listening to preaching. So much. I listen to so much, and I do it every week. But this week, no matter what, they overdose every week. But it's okay. Feed your heart. Feed your mind. Feed your... We are living in negative times. See, that's why some of you, you are really not able to withstand the issues that come your way. Your spirit is weak. Jesus said, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from your heart longs. Your spirit longs for the word, just like a child. That's what Peter said. He says, as newborn babes, desire, 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 desire the sincere milk of the word that you may grow thereby. Your spirit longs for the word. Some of us, we don't feed our spirits. We don't. And yet we expect outcomes in our lives. But if you were to read God's word, there's so many answers you'd find in God's word. Let me show you the value of God's word quickly. I'm not going to stop. I'm just going to keep going. Number one, it's God's primary way of speaking to us. And it's profitable according to 2 Timothy 4, 16. Maybe you guys like speed. Number two, it is food for our spirits. According to Matthew 4, 4. And it's true, Bazalan. If you starve your spirit, if you don't read your word, you, the word, you are starving your spirit. Your, your, your spirit thrives. It's almost like some of you guys, you know when you want to build your muscles. You've got to take these protein shakes. And the way to build your muscles is you have to have a lot more food that comes into your system that's not going to get digested. And specific food, if you get whey protein, and some of the things already wrong, you know, and then you go and exercise those muscles, then your muscles grow big. The same muscle that was lean at a point, it can become strong and it can push out more power. It can be stronger, you can look better, much stronger, bigger. Because of a lot of feeding of those muscles and, and a, a disciplined program. We don't do that spiritually. People are not disciplined. Go the whole day, they don't read the Bible, they don't listen to the word. You listen to every other thing. You wonder why your faith is so weak. You wonder why things are not working for you. You, you see, God's word will bring, negative, will bring positivity in your life. The word of God helps us to grow spiritually when we feed on it. That's 1 Peter 2.2. 2. 
Three, it provides guidance for us to walk in the ways of God. Psalms 119, verse 11, and verse 105. It provides guidance. Thy word is a lamp to my feet. When you read God's word, it helps you in decision making. You don't have to go or into a wrong or a right. It's there in the word. And not only will it guide you, it will help you in your spirit. Certain things, how to show that your spirit will speak to you in response to the word in you. Number whatever, I can speak number among number five. It's like a seed that's incorruptible. Mark 4, 3, 1 Peter 1, 23. What does it mean? When you plant God's word in your heart, it stays there and it doesn't get corrupted. If you will take the time to look after it and water it, it will grow, it will produce results. Don't be discouraged when you've acted on God's word and you don't see the results that have been promised. The seed of God's word does not rot. One day you are going to get the results of that. I said one day you are going to get the results of that. It's like a small seed that eventually grows into a big tree. That's number six. Mark 4, verse 30 to 32. Just write the verses. Jesus says the kingdom of God is like a small seed. That's when it's planted. It's the smallest seed in the whole garden. But when it grows, it becomes the biggest herb in the garden. What does it mean? When you start acting on God's word, it looks like your activity and your involvement is insignificant. Because here you are, you are surrounded by so many problems. Mara, you are applying God's word and it looks like it's not making any difference. Jesus says, don't worry. God's word is like that. It starts small. Mara, if you will take the time to plant it and look after it, it will grow. This is why, Barcelona, the longer you stay serving God, the longer you stay walking in the word, the better your life gets. The problem is some of you, you don't stay in for the long haul. You want your life to change in one year. You want everything to change in one year. It's not going to take one year. It's going to take many years. But by the grace of God, Bazalina, I've been a Christian now since 1978. How many years? 40. Before you were born, so I won't even ask you. How many, how many years? 19, help me. 1978 to now. 43 years, Kingdom Zakes. Reading the Bible, praying. I'm telling you. Practice in the Bible. So, if, when I tell you about the grace of God in my life, and you've only been a Christian for two weeks, we, 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 we. <laughs> See, but it's taken 43 years to hammer and chisel. Just like an artist who comes to a rock and is going to chisel an image out of it. Every day, bit by bit, he keeps on chiseling, chiseling, a little bit at a time, a little bit at a time. That's what God does in your life. But the problem is we have a lot of inconsistent Christians. They don't stay with God's word. They, when things don't work, they change their mind. When, when situations come, they stop. When weather changes, they don't go to church. When, when the weather is not right, they don't read their Bible. When they go through problems, they don't pray. Whoa. How is your life going to change like that? It may be a small seed. Maybe you've started planting small seeds in your life. Don't be in a hurry to see results. Remember, God said that seed will not rot. It's incorruptible. Stay doing what is right. Tell your neighbors not saying amen. Stay doing what is right. Oh, yeah. 
Number, number whatever, seven. Is seven? Seven. It brings healing and deliverance. Psalms 107 verse 20. Brings healing and deliverance. Number eight, it will sustain you and keep you from falling. Matthew 24, 35, heaven and earth shall pass away, but my word shall not pass away. Hebrews 1, 3. Talks about how God sustains all things by the word of his power. Acts 20, 32, Paul says to the elders in Ephesus, I, 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 I commend you to God and to the word of his power, which is able to build you up. You want your life to be built up? You want to be sustained? You want your family to be sustained? You want your home to be sustained? You want to be there when others... Do you want to be the last woman standing? The last man standing? Do you want to be the one that after years, you'll still be there? After years, you'll still be loving Jesus. After years, you'll still be loving God. After years, you'll still be serving Jesus. Oh, it's just like the animals in the jungle. I've always heard the commentators when they talk about these lions. They say, look at this one. Let's call him Simba just for, 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 for lack of a better term. They say, oh, you see Simba. You see Simba. He says, you see all those scars on his face bear testimony to the, to the battles that he has fought. Mara, he has overcome. Hey, I see the scars on you. Testimony to the difficult times that you've been through. But God has brought you through in the name of Jesus and you are still there. I was telling my bishop this week, there's a minister I've been listening to his teachings and I love him so much. And, and, I, and I didn't know this, you know. And he has a son who has been on dialysis for 27 years. Yeah. And when he stands and preaches, you won't know. You, you'll think you're to eat right. And the same boy is a preacher. Yeah. Every scar on your face. Every blemish on your body. There's a story to it. I can tell you, the devil tried to take me out, but God sustained me. This one here, it is in 1970, whatever, when the devil was trying to do such and such, but God has done this. And now, let me tell you, I was young, now I am old, and I have never seen the righteous forsaken. God never forsakes us. Every scar. That word is able to keep you from falling. I've watched families and individuals who've lived by God's word. Over the long haul, their lives turns out a million times better. Don't be deceived by the different episodes, the sour episodes. It's just an episode. It's not the whole story. Come on now. Don't jump to conclusions because you are going through a, a difficult episode. It is just an episode. The sun is going to shine again. I said the sun is going to shine again. God's word will sustain you. I have never seen any family, any nation, any individual, any church that has stayed on the word, even when it doesn't make sense. I have never seen them. Never seen them. Lose finally. If it's not you who reaps the rewards of it, your grandchildren will reap the fruit of your reward. Oh yeah. Because this is incorruptible. When you pl
plant this word in your family lineage. There may be moments when Satan tries to corrupt it, but God is bigger than the devil, and the word of God is able to, 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 to outlive everything. Even with the family of Christ, read about it, it's got all kinds of people there. Even with the birth of Christ, Satan intercepted the plan of God. Satan may intercept the plan of God for your life, but intercepting it just for a season is not the end of everything. Finally, Jesus was born. When the devil thought he had his way, the Bible says when the fullness of time had come, I see the fullness of time coming in your life in the name of Jesus. Stay on the word. Stay on the word. Number nine, if you are a doer of the word, you'll build your house on the rock. According to Luke 6. Number 10, the word will build your faith. According to Romans 10, 17. Number 11. The people are conunding. The word will build your faith. That's number 10. According to Romans 10, 17. Number 11, the word of God is the offensive weapon we use against satanic attack. According to Matthew 4, 4 and Ephesians 6, 17. Oh my goodness. And number 12, when you prioritize it, it will impart what no one can take from you. Matthew 10, 38. Mark 10, 38, when Martha came and sat at the feet of Jesus and the sister Mary was busy. And Mary was offended and comes to Jesus and says, look, Martha, he's busy sitting here. Tell her to come and help me. Jesus says, your sister Martha has chosen a better thing that no one can take from her. You've chosen to come to church when others have chosen not to come to church. And no one is going to take that word away from you. You've chosen to follow God and to listen on television and to listen on the website and to listen to the word and no one is going to take that away from you. No one. Secondly, the muscle of praying consistently. I'm not going to go long here because I have to close in about six minutes. In Matthew 6, Jesus talks about prayer as entering into your closet, into the secret place. He says in Matthew 6, 6, when you pray, enter into your closet and when you have shut the door, pray to your father which is in secret and your father who sees in secret will reward you openly. Can I hear an amen, Bazalan? So prayer is a muscle we must develop. And well done to all of you who join in the morning prayer. You know, I, I know some people are not able to join because of data problems, but some people because of laziness and discipline problems. Hey, I mean, ew. <laughs> but develop a strong prayer life, Mzalan, in the privacy of your life. Learn the power of the secret place quickly. Prayer must be a priority in our lives. Number one, we must pray early. We must pray early. Psalms 63 verse 1. Oh God, thou art my God. Early will I seek you. 
My soul longs for thee. My flesh longs for thee in a dry and thirsty land where there is no water. That word early, it talks of dawn. Being up early at any task. By implication, it talks of earnestness. Doing something first, early. In other words, we say, God, before Kayakai, Ritamoe Napili. Kulunkuluwami, I won't come to you as a last resort. I'll come to you early. Kulunkuluwami, I will not waste my life as a young person doing all kinds of things. Hakisekutsufetse, I come to you early. God, I will give you the prime of my life. I will give you the best days of my life. I will give you the best hours of my life. I'll give you the, the, the pinnacle of my strength. I'll give you the best of my gifts. The best of me. Early. 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 Early will I secure. We must pray early. Prayer must be the first thing we do. Prayer must be where we start. When we hear good news, we must pray. When we hear bad news, we must pray. When we hear surprising news, we must pray. We must pray when we are confused. We must pray when we understand what's going on, we must pray. We must pray when things are good, when things are bad, we must pray. We must pray when we feel like it, when we don't feel like it, we must pray. We must pray in summer, winter, autumn and spring, we must pray. Early. 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 Prayer is important to me, God. You're fanning me up. To pray. We must pray early. Number two, we must pray first. We must pray first. Mark 1.35, talking about Jesus, says, now in the morning, having risen a long while before daylight, having risen a long while before daylight, he went out and departed into a solitary place, and there he prayed. If Jesus could do this, who had a far better spiritual life than me, whose body was not a body that is predisposed to sin like ours, if Jesus could do this as a matter of discipline and wakes up and the first thing he does is to pray in the morning. He went there by himself. He didn't take a group with him. Mzalana, you've got to have a privacy where you retreat into the secret place by yourself and talk to God in secret and open your heart to God in secret. You've got to have a place where you retreat to to have an encounter with God as the number one thing. Usually people, when they wake up, the first thing they look at is their phone, emails. But this verse says before emails, before the phone, Early God, early God, ah, early, I will do it early. Jesus wakes up early. Early. The message Bible says, whilst it was still night, way before dawn, he got up and went out to a secluded spot. Some of you have never learned the power of the secluded spot. 
Your Christianity only works when you are among other people. But there are places, Bazalana, where you go alone. It is that time when you come into the Gethsemane of your life that even the people that you depended on, they are falling asleep, they can't help you. The Bible says Jesus went with his disciples to the Mount of Olivet and he left them there and the Bible says, and he went further. You have to know how to go further than others, deeper than others, longer than others, stronger than others. You got to go early. Early. I thank God by his grace. I learned to develop this in 1979. I was 18 years old when I did that. And I can tell you, young people, I can tell you, there's no antidote to sin more than this one. There's no power to preserve a young life like this one. Because when you have met God in the morning, everything else that you meet that day, God is able to help you to deal with it. Somehow your young heart and your innocent life get so immersed in God and you fall in love with God and God becomes everything. And his attraction is stronger than drugs. His attraction is stronger than sex out of marriage. His attraction is stronger than partying. Because his wine is a better wine than the other wine. It's a new wine that is not going to give you stamatama. It's a new wine that makes you stronger and stronger. His presence renews you and fills you up with strength and power and anointing and energy. There's nothing that feels like the presence of God. There's nothing better to be addicted to than to be addicted to Jesus. I'm telling you. I'm telling you. In conclusion, we must pray at all times. 1 Thessalonians 5.17 says, pray without ceasing. The NIV says, pray continually. The Message Bible says, pray at all times. We pray early. We pray first. We pray at all times. Fan that into flame. Let that area in your life burn hot. Be taken by it, filled by it. Let me tell you guys, the world doesn't have anything to offer. All the attraction of the world boils down to nothing after all. Eternity is what we are looking forward to. I said eternity is what we are looking for. The Bible says, train yourself in godliness, which has a benefit of the life that now is and the life that is to come. When you do these things, not only do you benefit now, but even in the life to come, when you stand before God and God looks at you, said, well done, thou good and faithful servant. Oh, I see you standing before God and God saying, welcome, good and faithful servant. 
You walked in my power. You walked in my anointing. You obeyed my word. You fulfilled your calling. You fulfilled your mission. You were strong enough to say no to the attraction of the world. You were decisive enough to put me first and to serve me. Yes, you were not perfect. You've had down days. You've had days when things were not going well, but you pushed on. Here you are. Welcome, thou good and faithful servant. What a day that will be. What a day that will be. And Paul says, we, we are running like athletes. He says, the athletes on the earth, they are doing it for a crown that can be corrupted. But we are doing it for a crown that will never be corrupted. Ah, remember that day or the prize giving day when God will be calling us up and giving us prizes in heaven. And God looks at you and said, even if your life was difficult, even if you went through all kinds of things, you put me first. You loved me in spite of that. You served me in spite of that. Welcome, welcome. Welcome to my peace. Welcome to my home. Welcome to my presence. You good and faithful servant, welcome. And the good thing is that those who will be on earth who remain behind are going to benefit. In conclusion, Bazalana, this is almost like a slipstream. I don't know if you know what a slipstream is. If you've ever watched people skiing and they they hold on to something and they are behind a boat and they've got their skis. And the boat starts moving forward at a high speed. And they come behind the boat skiing. You'll note that wherever the boat has passed, the water has been parted. It's parted such that the one who follows, there's already a path. It's an easier path to navigate and maneuver. That's what we call a slipstream. So you are following a forerunner. You are hooked to one who is a pioneer who has gone before you. They are the ones who are navigating the difficult waters, the stormy waters, the windy waters, the bumpy waters. But when they get to the bumpy waters through their activity, they are able to create an easier path for you who is following behind. Will you be one of those who's going to create a slipstream for the ones who follow? I often tell people in the church, I say, look, I was the first pastor of this church. And I'm so aware of the slipstream that I have to create for the ones who are following after me. For the, whoever God will choose to be the presiding bishop of this church, whoever God will choose to lead this church, I'm so aware how I have to create a path and I'm aware that the difficulties and the challenges I face is because I am a pioneer and I'm going ahead. I, I understand that and I, and I pray to God that I will be up to the task. But God, I'm praying that the one who follows me can, can follow that slipstream. They can go further. They can be more anointed. They can do more by the power of God. Some of you, God has chosen you in your families to be the ones who create that slipstream. Things may be hard for you. Things may be difficult. You may have more days of sorrow than days of joy. But please don't forget your mission. God has chosen you to create the slipstream. So fan into flame. Fan into flame. The gifts of God in your life. And don't allow anybody to tell you that it cannot be done. 
for by the power of God we can do it. Let us stand. Pray in the Holy Ghost, Bazalana, right now. The anointing is in this house. Pray in the Holy Ghost, please, everybody. Pray, 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 somebody, pray. Pray with intensity, pray with power. Pray, stir up the gift of God on the inside of you. Pray with intensity and power. Mayela sevre samando mangale sekarde manga se rapale dego sembaria torresete gestre per de blepala maninje lebrehela bakarde oh gestrebele bekuta rabala bakata rapkarde botete mama korde grekatata pray everybody pray let that anointing let that anointing that's evident in this house let it envelope you let it come upon your life let it fill it overflowing don't hold back Mzalwana. don't hold back don't try to be nice don't look around connect with god where you are talk to god talk to god these are desperate times these are desperate days where god is looking for people who have got passion God is looking for men and women who are not going to hold back. Don't hold back. Basakara deba sabra sakara deya boda. Jaba debra sakar deba hamanongala deya no setela deya. Jara breverba debra farba da kara de kretos katara dasia torde. Jebres debra kalabaria kobra tosotra paraba korde gada dada. Agagretas katare batia no makura khanyasa tratia mongos kenenzu nojo.